Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you since Tuesday. I hope your week is going very well. Uh, the weekend is approaching. So much going on. Uh, a ton to cover tonight, uh, you know, with headline after headline. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank my audience, my co-hosts, my sponsors and guests. You guys are absolutely incredible. The show is listened to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. And, guys, we just keep growing and growing. So many uh, different things in the works for the Rory Sauter Show. Uh, we're going to be signing deals with various networks across the country and internationally. Um, along with, as you guys know, I will be launching my new media network, which will have many uh, you know, familiar, notable names doing their own radio, TV shows. Uh, we'll be having 24-7 breaking news coverage like we did before. Um, guys, 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 I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. This, um, this is going to be quite the show tonight. Uh, I got a lot of venting to do. I got a lot, a lot to get off my chest. Uh, I do want to welcome to the panel. I believe he's with us right now. Um, we have writer and speaker Sam Tully. Sam, how are you? I'm doing great, Rory. How you doing? Doing well, man. Welcome back. Been about a month. Uh, congratulations on the move. You're officially an Arizona resident. Uh, I can't wait to hang out with you. It's going to be fun. And uh, man, it's uh, you know we've missed you, man. We've missed we've missed your presence on the on the, on the platform. Yeah, going back and forth. I still got a couple of more runs to make to Cali, but it's kind of weird because when I went out there, it was kind of chilly to me. So, so I yeah. guess I'm getting acclimated to this new environment. And Sam, I bet it feels great getting out of communist California, doesn't it? Oh, I'm telling you, every time I turn around, I have to stick a mask on my face. I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know what they're going to do. It's it's yeah. wild, but... Uh, Hey, it's good to be in the land of the free, and I'm ready to talk about the home and the grave and, uh, you know, straighten this country out because we need a lot of straightening out right now. Absolutely, 100%. And, Sam, you know what really pisses me off is we were doing – Arizona was doing so good. I mean, we, we were doing our own style in our own way, and then we copy off of California, and everybody has to wear masks everywhere. It's such bullshit. It drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah, it, well, you know, maybe that Newsom disease is spreading across the border, but hopefully we can reel this thing in. I mean, everybody knew once they start doing more tests and everything that uh, this quote-unquote plague was going to show up, but hey, you know what, if we were rioting and acting crazy, it wouldn't be a problem, now would it? Right, exactly, I, you know, it's, What drives me crazy, Sam, is you have all these, you know, criminals and anarchists and, you know, just people that hate America out there protesting for weeks. And where where was the whole social distancing headline from the media? Not a peep. All crickets. These people are hypocrites. You know, they're only talking about, you know, social distancing again because the Trump rallies are starting back up. We've got all this momentum going into 2020. And you know they want to they want to be a distraction and they want to they want to fear monger. Oh, I saw a post from Mark Levin on an AOC tweet that was yeah. deleted, uh, supposedly saying that she wanted. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? Keep it going. I mean, she she's insane. Go, go ahead though. Sorry. 
Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, they, they, I mean, what they tried Russia, they tried Mueller, they tried Stormy, yeah. they Ukraine. tried everything that they can. Ukraine, yeah. everything, and now they're trying uh, to get uh, a Joe Wolf long enough to get across the border. But you know, I think uh, <laughs> I, I am one that. I am one that believes that God put Trump in right now. And if this is God's work, I don't care what they try. They won't be able to stop it. Right. And you you mentioned Biden a little bit ago. Um, Did you see the video today? Uh, And I, 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 you know, it it was funny for a long time, but now I'm just starting to feel bad for this guy. And it's very selfish of his family and friends not to intervene. And it just goes to show all they care about is power. I mean, this guy is in early-stage dementia. He claimed that over 120 million Americans died from coronavirus in a speech today. Can you imagine if Donald Trump said something like that? It would be headline news for weeks. The media is not even talking about it with Biden, you know? Oh, just like it would have been headline news if uh, Trump said he visited all 57 states of the Union. I mean, you know, the media is, is hypocritical. They care nothing about us, but they care nothing about anything but power. And I think the Democrats, all they're looking for is Joe to get them across the finish line and for them to have a VP who they think could, could do whatever the hell it is they want to do until they can get Joe out of there. Uh, because no one with any, any sense believes that this man yeah. is uh, mentally stable enough to do the job. And, and Sam, you know, obvi- you study this very, you know, thoroughly and closely like I do. Who do you think he picks as his VP, if you had to give a guess? Oh, God. That's... I mean, they, he, he's, limit, he, I mean, he's already got it down to a, certain, a couple picks, but I don't know for sure. I mean, I'm, seeing, I'm, yep. seeing, I'm thinking either, I'm thinking either uh, the five-channel liar or the whore from San uh, – you know, I shouldn't say that word – uh, from San Francisco, <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Rice or or Harris. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I no, I I I was thinking Harris. Um, you know, I, I I'm also thinking maybe Pocahontas. I don't know. Um, that it's going to be, be interesting. It's definitely it's definitely going to be a female though. It's definitely going to be a female. Well, you know, the the thing about it is, is he said he was going to pick a female, but but hey, since Joe's been losing it, if he picks a male, won't nobody hold it yeah. against him. Only Republicans that we don't count. True, <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, and the way the way they're covering for this guy, I've never seen any. I mean, actually, I have seen many things like it. If you're a Democrat, but it's it's just you know, the news is so one-dimensional. I mean, they they will go to whatever level possible. To you know, hide hide the what's really going on. I mean, this guy's psychosis is completely off. Well, I've you know I've well, seen a lot of I've seen a lot of candidates. I've never seen a candidate this weak, or you know, a guy with this little amount of energy. I mean, he can't barely walk or finish a complete sentence half the time. Doesn't even know what state he's in. We've got. I mean, the Democrats have problems. I mean, it breaks my heart, really that uh, the way our Constitution was set up was to have an independent press whose basic job was to be the referee uh, of what's going on in government, and these people are completely turned 
Well, I think it was John Adams who said that our Constitution was only made for a moral and religious people. And we've yeah. secularized ourselves to the point of imbecility, and we have a, 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 a news group that is completely sold out. They're not even, they don't even fake it anymore. And yeah. we can't depend on them to be the referees that they were called to be. So it's, it, 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 that is disheartening. Totally. But I don't right. fear that because, you know, I believe in God. And I think that if we stand up and do what we need to do, and there's still a lot of power in this country in the Christian church, if they only get up off their butt and, and stand up. Right. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, Sam, always a pleasure having you with us. Glad you could join us tonight. Excited to hear your opinions. Let's do it. All righty, man. Uh, let's also introduce to the panel, I want to make sure he's with us right now. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Florida, Dr. Eric Aguilier. Eric, how are you, buddy? Welcome back, my friend. Hey, how's, how's it going, Rory? Thank you very much for having me here. Absolutely. Yeah, man, what's new? What's going on? What's what's the 411? Obviously, uh, Florida is always uh, – a place where uh, interesting events are occurring and uh, you always got something going on. Florida is a very, very busy place. Oh yeah. We we're doing a lot of things here. Rory, Eric Aguilar here running for Congress for Florida fourth district, which is Bernadina beach, Amelia Uli down on the East side of Jacksonville, where we're going to be holding the RNC. So we're very excited about that. And then also St. Augustine, so we, we have a lot of things going on, especially how we're going to campaign, because over here we're going to have the the primary on August 18th. So that's going to be right. very interesting. I am going against an incumbent, but mostly what we're focusing is America first. I go by action, not yeah. um, not just talk. So, you know, we've already seen so many politicians out there that they just talk, 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 but they don't act. And right now we need more people to go ahead and act. And in my opinion, we need to go ahead and go as a party we need to go more on the offenses and step out there and actually show people what real America is about. We're going out there sign waving. We're sign waving for us. We're sign waving for the president. Um, we're just over this weekend. We're going to go for law enforcement back to blue. So we're going to do it the president, myself, and back to blue. I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and go out there. And you'd be surprised how many people are just honking. They're cheering all this news that people yeah. are hearing out there. It's just a bunch of nonsense. It's not even real what Americans think. Right now they're making us think that America is done. They're saying that we're done as a country. We're depleted. We have no energy, <laughs> which is wrong. It is totally I wrong. Know. You go out there, you talk to your neighbors, you talk to your coworkers. They, they basically think we're low on gas, which is the opposite. We are actually more energized, and we're going to go out there to the polls. Right now, I've been doing yeah. my own polling, and, and about – 75% of people, they want to go to the polls. Those are still going to do um, vote by mail. There's a right. lot of misinformation out there that people think, oh, we're just going to go ahead and do vote by mail the whole state. No, that's not what we're going to do. People can go to the precincts. They're going to open everything up. Uh, primary um, early voting is going to happen in the beginning of August. You know, we're going to be energized. We're going to go ahead and see the president. So we're very excited that the RNC is coming here on August 24th to the 27th. I'm going to go ahead and cheer right. it on, and we're going to go to victory. Sleepy Joe, he's going to go ahead and go sleep back in the basement. We're not going to have him there. 
and we're we're gonna go to keep moving forward for America. And let us always make sure. Let's not forget 2024, 2028, because we can see how, in a way, uh, paper thin things are around around this country. So one of the things that we're gonna do with our campaigns, we're gonna talk to people, we're gonna go to different strongholds, and we're gonna fight for America. That's what we gotta do. We gotta get energized and get out there. I love it. I love it. And you're a true patriot, and we need we need guys like you in D.C protecting and defending our president you know you have so much valuable knowledge and insight and just uh, a resume that's beyond impressive and you know i'm really rooting for you anything i can do uh speaking of the convention by the way i think i might attend actually i think i might come down to that because uh you know it sounds like you're going to be there sounds like a lot of big names will be there uh something i can't miss you know um and i you know i like florida and and i also wanted to mention to you um oh god what what was it it was something really important about something you just mentioned oh um yes oh oh speaking of biden they had they had a the economist i don't i'm sure many people are familiar with the um magazine the newspaper it's a very popular it's been around for a long time they have Joe Biden winning the election at an 87% chance. They only give Trump a 13% chance. I mean, this is how fake – this is what we're dealing with. This is the fake media. The guy hasn't left the basement. The guy can't even sell out a high school auditorium, and he's going he's gonna to win the election. I mean, give me a break. You've got people camping out two, three days before a Trump event to see our president speak. We've never seen a fan base from any leader like this. I mean, you know – it's not even close. It will be a bigger defeat than Hillary in 2016. And that's what we're going to make sure. And that's why all the, our patriots out there, all Republicans, independents, and lean Republicans, everybody out there, you know, even those blue dog Democrats, they need to go ahead and come and vote. You know they're going to go ahead and vote for Trump. They know that. That's what they're trying to go ahead and get the AOCs, trying to go ahead and get them out. But they know they're going to go ahead and vote for Trump. We're going to go ahead and, and yeah. get energized and go out there. And we've been doing polling, too. And right here, yep. the local university is so disgraceful. They did polling, and they mostly did more polling. They said they were unbiased and mostly went Democrat and mostly went lean left independent. And that was 70% of the people that took this vote. And this is such an unbiased. I'll send it to you by email so you can look at it, how yeah. unbiased the local university did their poll. But then again, they pride themselves that they are neutral. Give me a break. They're not. Yeah, and the fact that it, it even, you know, gets – is allowed to be put out there or, or take, or anyone takes it seriously, uh, you know, sh- should be really concerning. I mean, you've got all these fake polling companies that can put their bullshit out there and we're supposed to believe it. We're just supposed to listen. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, it, it's so fake, man. I mean, look at what everybody yeah. said in 2016. Re- remember Eric, Hillary Clinton's going to win by a landslide. We all <laughs> saw how that turned out. Yeah, we we know. So basically what everybody should be looking yeah. out there, when they say that the president down in the polls, it means it's backwards. That's what he's really up in the polls. Because we're going for the right. landslide, and here in northeast Florida, we're going to turn it ruby red, crimson red. Right, right. Because you know what? There's a lot of moderate Democrats in Florida that, you know, they may they may not agree with everything Trump does, but it's a, a lot better for them than, than communism because, you know, uh, that that's yeah. just what it is. Like, you know, they don't they don't identify Correct. with the current Democratic Party. You know what I mean? It's not it's not the JFK uh, you know days anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's even a party anymore. I don't know what it is. It's just yeah. a mob now. 
Right. I mean, it, that's all. And it's a victim mentality. It's a mob mentality. It's a victim mentality. It's, it's really not – there's nothing about policy. I mean, it, it's all about rhetoric. Yeah. It's just – it's nonsense. It really is. Um, Eric, I'm really glad you could join us tonight. Um, a lot to get into. Uh, tell everybody where they can donate. Excited to hear your opinions as well. Uh, but tell everybody where they can get involved. Yeah, you could go ahead and go to my website, ericforcongress.com, and I spell it E-R-I-C-K-F-O-R, congress.com, and you can always email me at eric at ericforcongress.com. Thank you so much, Laura. Rory. Appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm, ex- I'm, excited. I'm excited to hear your opinions, and you're also on Twitter, Facebook. Everybody can find you on there. Um, you know, you're, you're very active on those platforms, and that's a great way for you to, you know, connect with your, with your base and fans and, and people that really believe in you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, man, I'm excited for you. I'm really excited. I'm going to be rooting for you every step of the way, and, and we're going to get you there. I, I, have a, I have a good feeling about this. I, I really think you're going to pre- prevail um, in, 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 you, in, in that district that you're running in. I really do. Appreciate it. And you always have a place to stay if you come down over here for the RNC. Remember that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. Well, you're, you're like a brother, man. We always love your, having you on the show. You're a great friend, and uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I also would like to welcome my brother from another mother, special investigator, crime expert, Carlo Tabazuti. com. Find all his columns, best-selling books. This guy has had one hell of a career. He could, I mean, the way he interrogated criminals, it's unbelievable. You, you can't write something, you know, this great. I mean, this guy would be the master. I mean, as professional as they come. And he'd get, he'd get them to spit it out, too. They, they talk. They start singing. Right, Carlo? Absolutely, Roy. Absolutely. And and thank you for all those kudos. And, uh, yes, I have had an extremely colorful career. And uh, I, I had a lot of people sitting across from me that wished they weren't. Uh, they, uh, I, I had a 95% confession rate when I interrogated people. And... That's, that's, in, that's incredible. You know how incredible that is? You realize how impressive that is? That's unreal. I, I, had, I had one lady break down in three and a half minutes confessing that she stole 32, I'm sorry, $92,500 from her employer in cash. And my <laughs> longest one was four and a half hours. And I just browbeat this guy over everything he said, you know, because they can't keep their story straight. They trip themselves yeah. up, and and yeah. and a good interrogator jumps on this. Uh, and right, you, you know, I've been around a lot of famous people. Um, it, I've written books about some of the things that I may or may have not done. And you gave me a, a little pro- promo there on the introduction at cabazootycrime.com. And, you know, they can find my books there. And, um, it, you know, this world is getting crazier and crazier every day. You, you've never, got a hey, billion hey, Carlo, down- I've never seen Carlo, I've never seen anything like it. And I'm sure you can contest. Uh, I'm sure that you can, you know, agree and, and, and acknowledge that as well. I mean, you've been in crime all your life, and, I mean, look at what they're doing in the streets. We've never seen this. This is the most violent movie I've ever seen. It, it, you, you know, and 
people got to wake up and see this is all part of the end game that George Soros, Hillary Clinton, uh, crime family new world has order. planned for, the, for this country. Thing. Exactly, the new world order. And when you get a billion-dollar company wanting to move out of Seattle, you know it's just a moment before the whole city falls. The mayor is negotiating with CHOP or CHAS, whatever you hell yeah, you want to call it. The mayor is negotiating what? with terrorists. I've never seen anything exactly. so stupid and foolish in my life. Exactly, exactly. Send in the special forces. They're terrorists. They are an enemy encampment in our country, and they are no longer entitled to their rights as Americans. If they're terrorists, they're terrorists. They all need to go to Gitmo and be interrogated the way the CIA knows how to interrogate people. And, you know, we we had one president who backed down on special interrogation techniques because it said it hurt the people. Waterboarding doesn't do shit except make you be afraid. That's it. And and I personally personally I think we should I think it should be much worse than waterboarding. I think waterboarding is too nice. I think you, we, oh, I think more torture is necessary for some of these because these people are animals. The way they act the way they portray themselves in our society, they should be more than waterboarded. Oh, I agree with you. Eventually, everybody will turn over what they know. Now, now, when I was a police officer, a detective, and private investigator, there was only so many things that I could do. And even then, I would every once in a while get someone who was a real yeah. pro in the system they knew better than to talk. They just sat there, I want my lawyer. Okay, you, you got to let them talk to your lawyer. But you take that away from them and get them up to the next level. I have no problems. I mean, the cartel certainly doesn't have any problems interrogating people when they want their information. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not for going out and massacring a man's family to get them to talk. But, you know, there's... You know, maybe we need to start looking at different things. Uh, it, you know, the Black Lives Matter uh, leader, the president uh, of Black Lives Matter, he said, burn it down. He wants to burn our country yes. down. For yes. what? What's yes. it going to be Can after he's done that? burning Come it down? Listen, his, state, his statement exactly. If we don't get what we want, we will burn this place to the ground. I, I mean, you can't, you can't get any more. You can't get any more violent than that with, with comments. I mean, that's as harsh and horrific than ever before. That's one of the craziest, outrageous. I, I mean, it, it, that guy should be in prison, quite frankly. And these Black Lives is Matter it, individuals, they are admitted Marxists. They admit that their whole movement is based on Marxism. They're not about black lives. Course, I, They're I, about I, changing I, the I, culture. They're about changing traditions and our signature values. That's what they're about. Of course, of course, and Soros is all behind it. A Jew, he sold out his own people to the Nazis, and he yep. wants what the Nazis tried to do back during the 40s right. and the 30s, and just it like didn't work then. Right, and just like I talked about on my show the other night, the 1% that runs Black Lives Matter, that funds it, are the same people that funded slavery back in the day. It's all about dividing 
It's all about creating this narrative of, you know, this is, this is how they advance their agenda. I mean, it's common sense. Anybody's, everybody's for black lives, but I can't get behind a hateful movement. I'm sorry. And when we say all lives matter, we're deemed and considered racist, get the hell out of here. But by saying all lives matter, you're acknowledging that every single ethnicity, um, you know, is, is relevant and, and ma- you know, matters in society, whether it's Asian, you know, um, Indian, black, white. It's that, but when you say black lives matter, and that's all they say, and then they say, you know, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. I mean, just the ignorance and just the, the way they've divided and put themselves in boxes, it's, it's sickening. It really is. You, you know something? President Grant, uh, 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 a war hero for the Union. He saved them. He right. saved you, these people. You know, he, and so did he was for the, So did all these people, but he, they're, they're destroying the statues anyway. It makes no sense. You know, he was, he was one of the co-founders of the NRA, and he wanted to give the rights to blacks to own guns to defend themselves. Yes. yes. You, yes. you know, they're tearing down his statues, and then you got this idiot, Sean King, who says, let's tear down Jesus statues because yeah, they were I mean, white. That, you know uh, what? I, you know, you know, and that, and that, really, that really set me off the deep end, you know, because I'm a guy – I. I can take a lot, I, you know, I can understand and, and you know, I, I allow people to have their freedom of speech and opinions, but there's a certain point where you just go too far and you're going to talk about Jesus Christ. I mean, you're going to really go, you're going to go down that route, down that route, bro. I mean, this guy's a phony. He's been a phony since day one. He had a white mama. He's not even fully black. Uh, he was raised in a white neighborhood. Uh, he's made a fortune off of Black Lives Matter. Um, and his own platform. I mean, this guy's an opportunist. It's simple as that. And you know what? He's a real jerk off because he knows what he says is going to tick prize more black people didn't speak up because you've got so many black people, regardless of political affiliation, that are very involved with God. You know, it's a big part of their household. So, you know, it's exactly. confusing. You know what I mean? And, and then you've got this whole issue with NASCAR. I, I mean, let's just change the name to Ascar. Because that's what it's getting to be. I, I mean, you you got Bubba Wallace doing the Jussie yeah. Smollett dance, and uh, yeah. I almost said something I shouldn't have. It wouldn't have been politically correct, but no, uh, it, you know, it was a rope to pull down the garage door. Are you oh, we're freaking gonna, we're gonna, kidding we're gonna me, get into this, Carlo? We're going to get into this tonight. Believe me, we're going to get into this whole Bubba thing. Um, I'm really glad you could join us. Uh, every and I'm gonna, I'm excited to hear your opinions. Uh, com. Find all your best-selling books And all your columns uh, You know, you're, you're a great value to the show You're a good friend of mine And uh, thank you for joining us tonight Stay with us, we got a lot to get into Absolutely, I'll be right here with you, bro Alrighty, buddy, thank you Alright um, A lot of people on the panel tonight um, A lot of, a lot of um, And I will get to everybody, I promise I'm going to go on opening rants um, As usual I'm going to get to the small stuff that we haven't been hearing about because we're so distracted with the main headlines. Um, you know, these are, these are called the Rory Rants. They have their official name that I did a long time ago. So, you know, I, I, I really need some, need some venting right now. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I've been uh, pretty uh, – um, 
just uptight and angry uh, of what I've seen in the last, just in the last couple of days. I mean, I thought this thing was going to, you know, you know, wear down and, and things were going to, you know, be under control, but these people are more out of control than ever before. Um, okay. So let, let's start with this, you know, and, and we really need to acknowledge this and, and really give high praise and, and, and just, you know, God bless our president. You know, he's delivered, and I've said this on my show many times, and I'll say it again. He's delivered on 80%, 80% of his promises within three years. Most presidents after eight years don't even deliver on 10%. This guy would have 100% of his agenda if he had a reasonable Congress who would work with him. But no. I mean, it's all opposition. It's all partisan bullshit with the Democrats. But anyways, long story short, you know, they always doubt him. They always laugh at him when he makes a promise. They, they always try to delegitimize his statements and everything that, that he's achieved. And just the other day, it was celebrated 200 miles of border wall. 200 miles, guys. We're, gonna have, we're, we're building about a mile a day. That's what it looks like right now. So we're going to have about 500 miles in the next, he said, by the end of the year. I mean, who, what other president takes these steps? I mean, this guy goes out of his way every single day to protect us. And you know what? He had the best life. I mean, he had everything anyone could ever want in existence, and he knew our country was in trouble. And he knew this, he was our last hope. And you know what? You know, you know what's the most amazing thing of all? He ignores the noise. Anytime anybody gets in his face, anybody bothers him, anybody, you know, it, it, just, it, it doesn't even phase him. You know, they try to pick at him, but it just makes him stronger. And it just makes him come out fighting even harder. You, you, you can't, you'll never win. You'll never win. Donald Trump will always beat you. He's playing chess while you're playing checkers. Very simple. This guy knows days in advance, weeks in advance of what he's going to do. Meanwhile, the media is trying to figure out a tweet uh, that he put out a week ago. I mean, they, they, they have no clue. This is, this is the greatest time in the history of politics. What a time to be alive. Count your blessings. Praise Jesus. I mean, Get on your knees and bow, baby. I mean, this is you gotta you gotta embrace this. Two hundred miles of border wall, and he's over there. You know, the other day here in Arizona, here here in our, you know, where I live, you know, signing it. It was just a cool ceremony, and you know, it just just awesome. I wanted to mention that because you know everybody, the Democrats want to be condescending and pompous on social media with their comments over the years. They're like, oh, where's the wall? I thought he was going to build the wall. Hey, dipshit. He is, and, and look at the proof. But now, you know, you guys shut your mouths. You have nothing to say. You, you have no talking points because he's actually doing. He's a doer. He's a doer. Too many, too many sayers. Too many, too many sayers in the past. We got a doer now. Um, New, York, New York City shootings. I'll tell you what. New York City is turning into Chicago, um, and it's turning into Baltimore. I mean, their, their shootings have now surged by, listen to this, 358%. 358%. That's the surge 
I mean, they are way beyond what they were last year at this time. It's bad in New York City. It is nothing. You know, we all remember once upon a time, New York City was the, the, you know, just the place to be. It it was where everybody wanted to uh, spend their time and visit and, and, uh, you know, uh, enjoy the culture. But now you have a third world country there. Very similar to my hometown of Seattle. You know, it used to be a very desirable place. Still is in many ways. But a lot of people have been turned off because of the political agenda, because of how they have gone about things and just completely demolished. I mean, whether it's homeless epidemic, whether it's the drug epidemic, whether it's letting these rioters go out there and destroy property, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay, uh, our buddy, our buddy, the, the karaoke singer, the, the, the pony rider, the, the, the guy that loves to play with nukes, Rocket Man, Kim Jong-un, back in the news. God, man, I, love, I, I get a kick out of this guy, I'll tell you. He is one, you know, you know obviously he's, he's, no, he's, no, he's no idol. He's, no, he's nobody that anyone should ever look up to uh, based on how he treats his people. But I'll tell you, he's a character. I mean, he, the way – that smile, I mean, that smile is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. When he smiles, just looking at the guy, I mean, just, 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 and, and just his stories and, you know, Dennis Rodman and, and whatever. I mean, you know, it goes on and on. This guy has quite the, uh, quite the status. But anyways, um, as usual, uh, he wants some attention. Um, you know, he, he's, he obviously misses his buddy, President Trump, so he's uh, making threats towards the U.S. Um, I imagine that Trump will probably be in contact with him in the near future. Um, they seem to have a good relationship. Uh, they've met three times in three years since he's been president. So, I, you know, and don't, don't ever forget, when Obama left office, the single biggest threat, according to Obama, was North Korea. North, North Korea knows, and Kim Jong-un, you know, believe it or not, guys, Kim Jong-un is a pretty smart guy. Running a country like that, very hard to do. Very hard, whether you're evil or not. This guy has a lot of responsibility, and, uh, you know, he can, he can see between the lines in, in many ways. He knows that he's not going to get childish antics approved by Trump. Uh, you know, it was a different story with Obama. Obama let him walk all over him. But, you know, this, this is a new sheriff in town. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't want to go too much further on this, but uh, North Korea, back in the headlines, uh, it, it, it's, you know, it's very interesting times. I mean, especially with everything else we're dealing with. They, they, you know, they love to distract. They love to kind of, you know, you know, it's crazy. It really is. Um, so, God, guys. This is mind blowing. I mean, I mean, these anarchists really never end. I mean, they they'll go to whatever extreme. They they don't care. They'll go to whatever high levels. I mean, these people don't have um, any any lines or bound. This whole status is, like I said many times, about destroying America. It's about erasing history and rewriting their own. They don't want to live by our values or our morals, 
or our principles or by our constitution. Their next target, I mean, we've seen them deface, destroy, behead statues, burn churches, national monuments, you name it. Uh, Next on their list is Mount Rushmore. They're trying to go after Mount Rushmore. And Mount Rushmore may have the greatest governor in the United States. They were the only state that did not shut down. She's an unbelievable, unbelievably talented woman. The way she carries herself, her approach, the way she comes off and presents, uh, it's, it's, it, she should be the first female president. And, and she said to all these protesters, come on, come try it. I dare you. I mean, this woman has got balls of steel. And she doesn't get enough recognition, I don't think, because, you know, South Dakota is one of those places where, you know, it's, you know, it's, not, it's not as popular as places like California or New York or Arizona. But Governor Nome is one tough cookie. She's one tough cookie. And, by the way, I, I just want to mention to everybody, I will be attending the 4th of July fireworks show. It's on July 3rd out at Mount Rushmore outside. President Trump will be there. Uh, it's going to be a remarkable uh, time to remember. I cannot wait. I am jumping up and down. I was at the Washington, D.C. 4th of July event last year, which was at the Lincoln Memorial, which was just awesome. It was so cool. And, uh, you know, this is, this is – I love how all these, you know, different events um, just keep happening. Trump always, you know, wants to be speaking to us and uh, – really celebrating you know it's fun it's fun 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 but uh god bless the governor of south dakota god bless her you know we will we will take care of mount rushmore there's no doubt about that um now you know i want to mention this so bubba wallace jesse smollett 2.0 you know now is changing his story all of a sudden you know first he said it was a hate crime directed at him And we all know the people that have access to those garages are high-end security personnel and people that work directly with the, you know, with the drivers or whatever. Not some random Joe Schmo. That's not how it works. And that noose that he claims, it's not even a noose, first of all. It's part of the garage opener. And And now he's saying there was a noose, but it wasn't directed at him. So, dude, why do you change your story two days later, or you changed it pretty much right after the FBI concluded their investigation that you were full of shit? Dude, I mean, you can't even make this crap up. This guy, and is he even, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's, oh, he looks like the Obama type. I mean, a white mom, right? I mean, he, I don't even think he's full-on black. Crime is a hate crime, but why, why are all these you know, Jesse Smollett, I don't even think, was full-on black. And all these people that, you know, they grow up they grow up privileged, and they grow up, you know, in these households, and, and then they want to come out because they're not very popular, and, and they want to make a, a statement and, and get more popular and get recognized. I mean, it's just fake. It's phony. And I look at this guy as no different than a white liberal. This guy is no different than a white liberal. No different. You know, and we all knew that uh, the minute I read this headline, my exact reaction, I didn't have to look at what other commentators were saying or how they viewed it. It's very, it's very simple. Jesse Smollett 2.0. Look at the timing. Look at all the divide. 
it's the perfect opportunity for this guy to capitalize, you know, on his situation. Obviously, a NASCAR driver, successful, not one of the most popular, uh, but he wanted he wanted to, you know, uh, get more exposure. And uh, you know, it uh, it didn't. Uh, one of those things. It it uh, you know it's it's interesting. I mean that that people go to this low, that they go to this this level. I mean, you know it, it's um. You know, and how are we supposed to take any of these people seriously, ever? I mean, it's going to keep happening. People will follow. You'll have some, you know. D-list actor or D-list musician or unknown bench player that comes out and does this again. And, you know, I, who knows? Who knows? But, you know, this is all, this is all part of, you know, it's just sick. It really is sick. And, and I'm, you know, I, I just can't get over all the innocent people that never get their, their they never get their justice because of assholes like this you know, play the system and make up lies. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, so three men were indicted on the murder charges, on the murder charges in the um, uh, Ahmad Arbery killing. So, you know, I've talked about the Ar- Arbery thing many times on my show. You know, uh, clearly George Floyd was murdered. There's no doubt about that. That's obvious. But if you look at the Arbery angles, if you look at all the videos, if you look at how it went down, I, I don't understand how you could fully conclude. I mean, think about what, what really um, transpired. I mean, you know, Arbery kept trespassing over and over into these properties. Uh, the cops were called numerous occasions, and he kept going back, and then apparently – you know, um, these guys were these two men. One of them worked for the district attorney. Uh, the other was his son. Uh, followed Arbery, and then you see a, a you know, the, the the video goes blurry for a little bit. Then it comes back in. You see Arbery grab the guy's gun. You don't really see what led up to it. I think the reason these people are getting indicted and, and they're making such quick judgments is because of the current climate and culture we are in, with how race is such an obsession. And how, you know, Black Lives Matter is, the, you know, portrays this whole victim status. Because, it, you know, go look at it. You know, I, I look at things over and over. I like to look at different angles. Going out there looking to shoot black people? I don't think so. I think he's way smarter than that. That's a very hard job to get. Not anybody can just walk on the, off the street and get the, you know, executive job next to the district attorney. It's a, so weird. So weird. Um, you know, uh, this is huge, and, and we don't talk about this enough. I mean, Obama left such a reward and such a privilege uh, to Donald Trump with judges. We just the Senate just confirmed two hundred our two hundredth judge. We've now confirmed two hundred judges. I mean, you talk about success, win after win. This is, this is the best time to ever be alive. This is, you know, shaping and, and forming a great future uh, for, for our political realm and system and, and following the rule of law. So, I, you know, I, I give high praise to this. This is, this is remarkable. No president has had this 
ever even near this sort of accomplishment. I mean, you know, usually presidents only get to confirm a few, a few judges, not 200. This is unreal. All right, you know, not, you know, here, here's another thing. Here, here's a headline that I, I want to bring up. You know, I was scrolling through Breibart the other day, and Breibart pretty much is my favorite news source. They're pretty much the most fair, the most accurate. Um, you know, they always pretty much tell it. They tell it how it is. Um, a brand new story came out. You know, everything's racist today. They canceled Aunt Jemima. They canceled that nice black guy, Uncle Ben, on the rice cover. They canceled Buttersworth Syrup. They canceled Splash Mountain. Well, they're redoing Splash Mountain because they say it's racist ideology. And now they're saying chess is racist because the white, uh, the white you know, uh, figure uh, piece moves first. Because the white piece moves first. That's racist? Am I, am I living in a twilight zone? I mean, can you make this up? They're calling Aladdin racist, a movie that's been around for 40 years. They're calling – what else did I see that was just mind-blowing? Oh, the Florida Gators chant that's been around forever in sports. They're getting rid of that because they say it's racist. Changing the Cleveland Browns football team name because it's racially insensitive. I mean, you might as well just go cancel. I mean, come on. You're, and you even tried to call SpongeBob racist a little yellow sponge creature that lives under the sea. Wow. I mean, you guys go to the next level. And sadly, there's too many people that are buying into this crap. Crazy. Absolutely crazy, guys. Um, here's something interesting. You know, I, I praise this young man, 24 years old, um, very talented, very uh, ahead of his time. Unfortunately, um, hasn't had, you know, uh, the, the, the always the best, you know, success and uh, privilege in life. You know, uh, at a very young age, he was in a, him in a wheelchair. Um, but he never gave up. And um, last night, or actually I think it was Tuesday, he defeated the person Trump um, – Endorsed. This kid's a 24-year-old outsider. He's got the whole, his whole future ahead of him. I'm really rooting for him. And just a remarkable story. I love to see people that go through hardships that bounce back and, and make something so massive. I mean, it, it's, this, you guys got to go read about this guy. Uh, his name is Madison Cawthorn. And um, it's just, you know, and, and Trump reached out to him and said, good job, man. And we're excited to work with you. And, and Madison is one of those guys that I read about his bio. He's been a Trump fan since day one. Um, obviously, I think Trump did not endorse him. Um, probably age, probably certain things. Um, and that obviously that person in there that, that was running, that Trump endorsed, you know, had a long um, history of, uh, of a resume. But, you know, just uh, politics are changing. Politics are changing. I mean, you know, whether you, whether you agree with – I mean, I can't stand her, but look at ALC. I mean, did anybody ever think 10 years ago somebody like that would ever get elected? Did anybody ever think people like Omar would ever get elected? I mean, you know, obviously this kid is a, is a, a special talent. I'm not, I'm not comparing them – I'm not comparing him to Omar or ALC because ALC and Omar are a disgrace. 
but you just look at how this is all playing out. I mean, you know, uh, the, out, the, the, the days of the politician are extremely limited. The outsider is more popular than ever before. Um, so, you know, here's something. Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn, baby. Are you guys happy or what? Vindication. What a relief. After three years of what he had to deal with and what he had to overcome and the adversity and the torture and the harassment and the, you know, uh, just the, the, the slander, you know, they, they framed this guy. And, and I can tell you exactly why. New articles came out today saying that Michael Flynn planned to audit intel agencies before the FBI prosecution. So in other words, he had dirt on them. And they, they knew that something was coming, so they went after him. That's how corrupt our FBI is. Michael Flynn was going to do the right thing, be the man of honor, going to go out there and expose corruption. And then days later, they go after him for a bullshit charge that made no sense, had no merit, carried no weight, was all done live. Think about that, guys. Think about what he had to go through on attorney fees, on, you know, just, and he was the talk of every headline. And whether it's CNN or MSNBC, night after night, Michael Flynn, guilty of this, guilty of that. Michael Flynn, inside job. I mean, they cover. They, it's like these mainstream media cover for our corrupt government entities, which they do. I mean, they really do. I mean, what, what the, what's going on? You know? And the George, the George Orwell thing, you know, go look up that quote. You know, change everything. I mean, this is what society, I mean, society is out of control. Society is out of control. Whether it's statues, whether it's churches, whether it's whatever. I mean, it, it, you know, Seattle, uh, for instance, my hometown, which where Chad's shop, whatever the hell they're still calling themselves. I don't know what the, what, what the fuck they go by these days, a bunch of nimrods, a bunch of wackos. You know, for anybody that doesn't know, Capitol Hill is very spread out. It's a very big place. It's right next to downtown. Lots of people. You've got very nice parts where I grew up. You've got uh, very rough parts. You've got very hipster parts. Um, where this whole Chaz shop thing's going on is about two miles from where I grew up. So it's kind of like, it's crazy because it goes in and out. Like you'll have some beautiful neighborhoods and then you'll go four blocks and you'll be, you know, in some rough parts. So, you know, I'm, it's really hitting home. You know, I, I'm seeing all this on the news and I'm seeing all these people, you know, it, it, it's sad and it's sickening. And it's aggravating. You know, we could put a stop to this real quick. And, uh, you know, there's already action being taken. Uh, Seattle businesses and residents are suing, this, are suing the city. Multiple. Because Chaz has taken over private residences, private businesses. For instance, my mom's real estate office is on, that, is on one of those six blocks. They took over that whole area. It's bullshit. And the mayor, who I know, you know, I know well. I know the family well, actually. I, I don't know her that well. But the family has a long history of, you know, I, 
some of them are okay, but some of them have been involved with lots of corruption. Um, you know, and it's it's just it's all about they they don't care about the rule of law. These Democrats and and Seattle has no Republican support. I mean, it's it's largely Democrat. It's about eighty percent to twenty percent. It's dominated. And they'd rather talk about black, black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. I mean, and they keep chanting that while they're burning, while Black Lives Matter is burning down buildings, burning down streets. Oh, just ignore, just ignore it. Black Lives Matter. Black li- what, what the, what, like, can you imagine if white people were doing this, we would be crucified. There's like, there's too much leniency. There's too much bullshit that people are getting away with. You know what? They could have shut this down weeks ago. And then the dumbass mayor from Seattle, and I, she's a, you know what? She's a slob. This is the summer of love. This is the summer of love. President Trump doesn't know what he's talking about. And then you've got that soy boy governor, Jay Inslee, who gets bossed around by his wife and, you know, is the biggest wimp on the face of the earth. And, you know, climate change is the biggest threat. Climate change is the biggest threat. This guy doesn't have a damn clue what planet he's even on, and he's not doing anything. They've done nothing. And when Trump said he was going to send in the National Guard, their team divide, the further they advance their agenda. This is all about election season. This is, this is all part of the rules for radicals, Zelensky's playbook. These people, there, there is no standards. These people have no I mean, they'll go to whatever measures necessary. You just saw what the Black Lives Matter guy said. We'll destroy everything until we get what we want. I mean, that sounds no different to me than a bunch of ISIS members. You know, it's all, they're all terrorists. And, and, and you know what? They're trying to make an Ottoman. They're trying to copy Capitol Hill in Seattle, in D.C. They're trying to put it, do a... a it on Capitol Hill in D.C. too, an Ottoman zone. And Trump's like, oh, no, not on my watch. This is not happening. Sorry. You've got to love that, though. You've got to love how he's putting the smack down. I mean, you know, he's now put uh, National Guard out there uh, to protect our monuments, uh, to protect all our important, you know, history. Uh, we're not going to let these thugs come in here and act like they own the place. It's just not in the cards. You know what I mean? And one, one more thing, I'm going to get to the panel. Uh, one more thing I want to mention before I get to the panel about this whole Flynn thing. Uh, there was news that came out the other day. Peter Stork had notes found from all, I mean, this is the most corrupt scandal ever in D.C. history. I mean, these people had to fix in from day one. FISA warrant, the fake FISA warrant, the, you know, the insurance, whatever, whatever it would have been, you know, the, the fake Trump Tower meeting. I mean, these people said, oh, oh, what about uh, who's the other asshole? Christopher Steele. I mean, come on. It, it's, it, and when does it end? I mean, where are these people? Why the hell aren't they freaking testifying? Why don't we get these, these jerk-offs in front of the freaking Senate and Congress? Lindsey Graham, Rhinos, you haven't done a damn thing to save, save us. You guys are, you, you know what? 
think he's America's savior. I think he's a gift from God. I think that he is our last hope, and I love everything he's doing. But I can't identify with these rhinos. There's too many in the Republican Party. I may just go, I may just go back to being an independent. I'm sick of this. I'm tired of it. If, 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 you know what? They don't they, – they're and, – and Trump's exposing a lot of these people. Trump's exposing this. Trump is exposing, you know, this whole corruption. He's not letting them, you know, have their way. This is, this is um, it's sick. It, it is really, really uh, sick, sick stuff. I mean, and you, you know, he's even asking, why aren't there more? Where are the indictments? I mean, AG Barr, I know you're working hard, but you've got a lot of people who are deep in the swamp, like, that are heavily involved with the deep state, like Lindsey Graham, like uh, give me, uh, Mike Lee, uh, Mitt Romney. Um, I mean, I could name so many names right now that, that don't represent my conservative values, and they need to get the hell out of there. I mean, it, you know, pol- politics should never be a career. It should be about we the people. It should be about term limits. It should be about doing what's right. Um, I want to go to, let's see here. Uh, let's go to U.S. congressional candidate, uh, Dr. Aguilera Og- uh, out of Florida. I know you have some thoughts, buddy. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, Rory? Thank you very much again for having me. Absolutely. And uh, here, just some thoughts. Again, Eric Aguilar, running for Congress for the Florida 4th District, St. Augustine, Ferdinand Beach, and Jacksonville. And now you, you know you're you're on point. You're on point with all of this other stuff on where are we actually going? Where's the Black Lives Matter going? Bubba Wallace and and you know it, it's it's shameful. I, I tell you how he can go ahead and, and actually get more attention. Win. That's how he'll get more attention. <laughs> not not trying to do all this nonsense because that's who the stars, the ones that are going to win. Those are the ones that people are looking into it. So all the stuff that he just did and trying to make all this case, you know, showing the pictures of the show, basically is very distasteful. And he's going to go ahead and probably lost a lot of fans and basically just disgrace the sport for something that is really not real. So it's very shameful that a lot of stars, uh, celebrities, and uh, sports figures that are out there um, you know, I think I saw something that they're trying to go to remove the Star Spangled Banner and the national anthem from games now. It's like, you know, come on, give me a break. Now we've gone a little bit too far. And, and it's a damn shame that you have all these companies uh, bending a knee to something that is not in a way really that is um, uh, not going to go ahead and uh, it's in everyday lives of everybody um, as they go through their day. You know, you talk to your coworkers, you talk to your friends, uh, you talk to everybody, and you're not going to see that. This is not really part of the reality that we're looking at. Are there some, some people that do some things? Yeah, but I don't think it's a, a race thing that they're trying to go ahead and kick up this race war. And I was doing a couple of candidate in, um, interviews, and I was doing some surveys, and it's really interesting because they didn't ask me about, like, what's my vision for the future? Where am I going to go ahead and take the district? No, they were asking me about – uh, racial justice. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, I think we moved on in society this a long time ago. And to go ahead isn't and that, now, isn't that mind blowing? I mean, I mean, look at look at all the problems we have in America right now, and all people can focus on is race. They are they are the problem. 
I mean, I look at people as human beings. That's the only reason we talk about race so much is it, it's a way it, Democrats can divide people in politics. It's, it's all part of their plan. You're, you're correct. It is all part of the plan. It's, you know, nothing happens by accident. I don't believe that. All this stuff that's happening is not accident. Things, things happen. And, and you're right. We have a lot more problems out there. We have children not getting a, a lot more education. We have children hungry. We have vets that are homeless. We have a lot of issues that we need to go ahead and have solutions for here in America that we need to go ahead and keep moving forward. And to go ahead and go back, you know, decades, you know, it doesn't really really help anybody. And, and people think, oh, my God, it's, um, uh, this, this is a huge problem. But a lot of minorities, we feel this way that, you know, what is going on here? How about we fix other problems? That should be more the attention than something that is, if you actually talk to your friends and talk to your coworkers and talk to your neighbors, is not a, a reality in that sense. And I'm not in big favor also. I know they were trying to go ahead and do police reform. I don't know. You have some panelists here that are the expert, or maybe they could go ahead and answer that a, a little bit more. To me, is that the military is more federal, so I understand why when I serve in the military, we have more national rules in a way. But now when we look at local law enforcement, it's like that's not really national in a sense of, you know, who actually manages them and where's the leadership. So that's more to me, more like a local level. So, you know, we need to go and stop with the knee-jerk reactions. And you're right also with politicians. Where are they? How come they're not saying something? How come they're not being loud out there to kind of just bring us back to reality? Because when I talk to people in the district, that's what they want. And I will tell you that some of my candidate surveys, people are not going to like what they say because I literally put in there, the race war is over. You know, we look in these rough communities and everything that's happening. It's not about race. It's about just trying for people to go ahead and find opportunity, exposure, get out of certain right. places. You know, I'm getting really sick and tired of having all these celebrities that all they're armchairing in a way that they're saying, oh, there's so much inequality. There's so much things that are out there. In the meantime, they're in their mansions and they're putting all this stuff in social media. How about they go out there and yeah, take a look at those neighborhoods? They're, they're talking about defunding the police. They got their meanwhile. They got their armed guards. I mean, they're the biggest hypocrites on earth, yeah. and they they want they have no compassion or understanding of what other people have to deal with in their everyday life. I mean, they live in their own little bubble. You know, I mean, these athletes, these Hollywood movie stars, and they think they're so important. I mean, I get it. I mean, they have a lot of fans, but sadly, uh, you know. A lot of people won't, won't, you know, listen to them for advice. Um, no, what I meant to say was, sadly, a lot of people will listen to them for advice, but there's also a lot, a lot of people that have learned not to trust celebrities' you know, um, ideas. Uh, because we all know uh, Hollywood is a cult. It's a dirty organization. Um, it's a one-minded agenda. It's, it's all part of the New World Order. I mean, they, they, these people are in bed. I mean, not all, not all, but it, it, it's definitely liberal dominated. I, I would say you probably got 20% of conservatives in Hollywood. And if you say you're conservative, what's sad is they'll blacklist you. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's real interesting because I had a meeting with a, a, quite a bit of vet leaders that were out there and they were telling the stories. And I was really happy. One of the stories that I heard, and I'll share with you because it's very powerful, because um, the person who was one I, of the I, I football players real, not going to say I want to say real quick, Eric, I want to say real quick. I, w- I want to correct that yeah. statement. There are, you know, when I say 20%, you know, in terms of Republicans in Hollywood, 
I'm referring to people like Adam Sandler, uh, who's very open about being a Republican, and he can say whatever he wants because he owns his own studio, and nobody's ever going to tell you know him otherwise. I mean, this guy has dominated comedy for as long as we can remember. Another very yeah. uh, popular conservative, although he doesn't mention it, is Mark Wahlberg, um, very big businessman. Mm-hmm. Uh, another conservative who has talked about it is Vince Vaughn, a very popular comedian. Yeah. Uh, we see James Woods. We see some pretty big names that are on our side. I mean, it's not like they're Joe Schmoes, you know. I mean, we have, uh, you know, then in terms of athletes, we've got people like Floyd Mayweather who loves Trump. We have Mike Tyson who loves Trump. Uh, we have Dennis Rodman who loves Trump. Uh, we have Jim Brown who loves – I mean, these, these are some of the greatest names ever to, at their position. Um, and I think that carries weight. I really do. And, and, and I think that, you know, the difference between liberals in Hollywood and how they feed their fan bases and conservatives in Hollywood and, and sports, whatever, I think the conservatives take a lot more time to explain rather than the liberals where they just say, here's the candidate, vote for them because I say so. You know what I mean? Yes, you, you definitely – strong points, very strong points because we do a little, a little explanation and we educate. And this is part of actually – it flows with, with the story. Um, we have one of the vet leaders that were here, and he actually talked to one of the football players, and they actually took him to the National Cemetery here in Jacksonville and actually explained to them what the, everything means, that every soldier, they were, they were buried with their flag. They look at um, the little area, also the little chapel, and all these other area and the football player because he was the one he was one of the people that actually took a knee uh, to the national anthem but he didn't really understand what the flag meant so this veteran leader took him to the national territory and explained to him and educated him. and right now he will not go ahead and take a knee anymore because now he understands it he understands the value of what that American flag and the freedom that we have because at times people don't even know they don't even know what they're kneeling they're just probably following. So it's really, really important that we actually start educating and explaining that information positions, just like you mentioned. And that's one of the things that we're going to keep doing because we're, we're out there, we're explaining positions, and we're basically educating people that this is what it is. Always have the discussion. That's why I keep mentioning every single time, you know, talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors, talk to your coworkers, right. because that communication and discussion is very powerful than actually hearing that fake news all the time. It's a business. Very, unfortunately, it's very a bad true. business. No, very, very well said. And, and, and you know what? Sadly, um, I see a lot of good people um, that you – know, I'm not going to say a lot, but there are some, Black Lives Matter, because they're misled. They don't understand that it's a hate group. They think they're actually doing something good. Um, but the, I would say, obviously, we know the majority is, is extremely hateful, and they want to take over. But there's, I just feel bad for the people that are brainwashed, and I think a lot of people need – more explanations and, 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 you know, briefings and, and you know, it, it kind of laid out for them of how these operations really work. Yeah. And that's what this weekend we're going to go out there uh, for, for law enforcement back to blue to actually show that we do support our law enforcement. And when I'm also mean yeah. we support the law enforcement, we also support their families because I understand right. when I was serving and then how my family yeah. felt also. I mean, when they kiss, when they kiss their, their kids and their, their spouse goodbye every day, there's, there's no guarantee they're going to come home. 
I mean, they, they put their they put their lives on the line for our, our freedom, safety, and security. You can't ask for much more than that. They're the real heroes. No. Mm-hmm. Very, yep, very. That's very true. So I always look at that. I always look at the whole picture, and that's what we're going to start keep educated because you're right. Sometimes people are like, oh, vote for this person. They don't understand why. We need to go ahead and keep looking at the deep root of the problems, keep thinking about for ourselves on how we should go ahead and vote and how we should go ahead and do things and also think about, you know, both sides of the story because they always keep saying, oh, law enforcement is so bad. No, I think law enforcement, they read to kids. They play with the kids. They do all kinds of nice things around the neighborhood. So for them to go ahead and be pictured because of somebody that did something bad in Minnesota to go ahead and penalize all law enforcement around the country is disgraceful in that end. And, and they're, now they're hijacking all these protests. So we, everybody knows that they're hijacking. And then you're going to see a strong majority come out when it comes to vote, and it's going to go ahead and kill all this noise now of this, all these uh, crazy liberal ideas or more progressive ideas that hopefully will blow it out the water and we're going to go ahead and keep having the country go in the right direction as it should be. 100%. I agree with you. Absolutely. Always very, very on point. Well said. Uh, everybody, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and we have a lot of great guests coming on tonight. So uh, beautiful uh, evening here in Arizona, and I will be right back. Stay tuned. Thank you. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. 
I tried cold turkey, I tried the patch, they didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse harder blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sutter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Everybody. I am very excited I, to get to our guest tonight. Uh, first, I want to introduce, I believe we have best-selling author and podcaster, Jeff Dornick. Jeff, how are you? Welcome to the Rory Sodder Show. First time on. Great to have you here, my friend. Yeah, definitely. Do, doing, doing very good. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely, Jeff. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, uh, give us a little bio. Obviously, you've lived uh, – an impressive life, you know, you, you've done quite a bit, and you're, you're doing a lot of great activist stuff, and you got your own show, and uh, looks like uh, a lot of a lot of fun time. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's one of those things that definitely keeps me busy, for sure. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you know, you know, I started out uh, with my own, uh, essentially my own Christian podcast network. I had my own show on there. I uh, talk a lot of theology, a lot of stuff going on within the Christian church and that sort of thing. Um, and then I was approached by uh, my good friend J.D. Rucker, who was actually the, uh, the founder of the Federalist Party, which was the largest third party side, uh, the Libertarian Party at one point, um, to actually start an organization called the American Conservative Movement, uh, which is basically going to be focused on, um, on essentially training people on conservative, conservative values, conservatism, what the Constitution says, and that sort of thing. And so, like, with that, we've been putting on uh, some online conferences called the Saving America Conferences, had some awesome uh, speakers on there like Burgess Owens, Mindy Robinson, Jerry Wayne, a whole bunch of awesome conservative people. Um, and then we've also just recently uh, launched the Freedom First Podcast Network, which is a uh, podcast network dedicated to free speech and uh, true conservative voices. So we've got a great lineup of podcasters there. I've got a couple shows on there. Uh, one of them is Freedom One on One, which is which is an interview show. Another one's a daily uh, news roundup that I do every morning um, live stream as well. Um, and then we're bringing on a bunch of other awesome uh, podcasters as well. We'll be announcing some pretty big names here uh, pretty soon. Uh, but yeah, just keep keep them busy for sure. But I uh, really enjoy every single second of it. Absolutely, man. And what do you make of everything going on right now? Like, what, you know, I, can you can you even believe this? For me, you know, 2020 has been a movie. It's been a movie. I mean, that's how I, that's how I define it. I, 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 you know, this is, in all my years, this is, I mean, it's one thing after the other, whether, whether it's, you know, burning down churches or burning down buildings or monuments or Corona, having everybody locked inside, I mean, or, you know, Kobe Bryant dying. I mean, 2020 has been really weird, man. 2020 has been like pretty much the most insane year, I think, you know, obviously of my life, 
I'm still, I'm still a young guy and, and all of that. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that during coronavirus, I was saying, yeah, it just feels like we're in an apocalyptic movie. And then all of a sudden, uh, all the Black Lives Matter craziness happens and just everything else going on. And that it just totally upped the game up to like a full on blockbuster, blockbuster trilogy. And it's just like at this point, you're just you're just sitting there like, is this even real life? Um, you know, it, but but at the same time, I think that this 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 was a long time coming, especially all these protests, these riots, uh, e- even even when you're looking at the government response to coronavirus. All of this is a long time coming because conservatives have, have failed to uh, articulate our positions. And we've been losing elections. We've been we've been losing ground when it comes to the minds of Americans. And uh, this is the result, mass chaos, anarchy, and um, an attempt to completely destroy our country. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I know you're doing a lot to combat and and fight and, and, you know, stand up for what's right and really, you know, sticking up for for the American people. I mean, you're you're the founder at uh, uh, that – the the GK podcast network where you guys shine a lot of light, uh, the American conservative movement, which I know you guys are doing a lot of stuff there. Tell us about the American conservative movement. I know you are are are, are you know constantly active. There, there's you know a lot of uh, opportunity in that area. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, so basically every every three weeks, uh, and we started doing this during the coronavirus uh, shutdown because I'm I'm out here in communist California. Uh, literally every, everything's been shut down. Well, I mean, we're you know, uh, we're we're down down south in Orange County. Uh, so at least it's it's, okay. a, it's a tad bit more conservative. My sister um, lives in Newport Beach, so she's been telling me all about it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you know, what's crazy is that literally, you know, when when the beaches were closed, literally you had helicopters, military helicopters going up and down the coast with megaphones yelling at people on the beach. I mean, this is like this is not <laughs> America. It's just it's absolutely insane. Um, but so basically what we're doing with the, what we're doing with the ACM is we've been for the last, um, you know, a couple of months, we've been doing an online conference every three weeks and we've been bringing together a bunch of really awesome conservative voices and literally, you know, everybody's talking for about 25, 30 minutes. And uh, we have like anywhere from six to eight different speakers and then some panels and just some different, you know, things like that. And the thing is, is that we've been getting a lot of really good response. Our very first conference, we did like 41,000 uh, views uh, on, that, on that conference. And, um, and it's just been a blast. Uh, you know, I've been able to interview a lot of really good uh, conservative people like Burgess Owens. I uh, had re- really good conversations with Michael Johns, who's the co-founder of the Tea Party. We've had Buzz Patterson, who's running for Congress up here uh, in Northern yeah, my- California. Just a lot of really cool people. So it, it's, it's been a blast putting this together, but once, once we kind of get out of all this coronavirus craziness and shutdowns and all that kind of stuff, we're going to you know, slowly start uh, phasing into doing some live events and just really trying to create an actual conservative movement. Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of Michael Johns, he's a, he's a good friend of the show. Uh, he's been on many times. I love the guy. I, I think he's a very talented, uh, insightful individual, you know, I, and I love everything he um, you know, uh, shares with us. I mean, so, so much value. Um, and, you know, I, I really think that us Republicans, and I was talking about this earlier in the show, I, I mean, you know, we look at the swamp and we look at people like Lindsey Graham or people like Mike Lee or, I mean, in certain ways, Marco Rubio. I mean, Marco Rubio has, there's some good things there, but there's also rhino tendencies. 
You've got Mitt Romney. You've got, you've got all these people. Who else? I mean, I could go on and on. There's so many people that it's just like we need, and they haven't done a damn thing. Like, you know, pe- you know, political commentators, especially conservatives today on Twitter, are making p- the best points. What have Republicans done to stand up to these bully Democrats? With what, everything the Democrats have been pulling lately, I mean, Trump can't do it by himself. And you've got, we, we, we have the Senate. Why? What? There. I mean, it, we are weak. I mean, they, it's sad to watch because I know that these strong Republicans that are in there want to get stuff done, but you got too many rhinos that are running the show. Right. Well, here's here's the, here's the thing that that people need to understand about about Washington D.C. is that people, yeah. whether, whether you're Democrat or whether you're or whether you're Republican, they don't actually want to fix the problem. And, and the reason is because they need something to campaign on. So, for example, right. let, let's take – They need something to say that they have a solution for. They need you know, all them different you know, agenda. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean let, let's, let's take uh, you know, illegal immigration, for example. They've been debating yeah. this for decades on how to deal with border immigrate, or, uh, illegal immigration and border security. Um, you know, yeah. it, it's, but the thing is, is that what all they want is a talking point. As long as they can keep fighting, then they can send out their mass emails and say, look at how evil those Democrats are. Uh, give money to us, we'll, and we'll keep fighting for you kind of a thing. And then they never actually accomplish anything. And, and I think that in reality, that is why everybody, both Democrats and Republicans, were so pissed off when Trump won the election was because here comes this guy. He doesn't play the game, and then he comes in, and he's like – I could fix the problem. And then, and then everyone's like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Where am I going to raise my money? Where am I, you know, how am I going to win a reelection if we actually fix the problem? And I think that that's really where Trump is really mixing things up. Uh, I think that he right. realizes that it's a lot harder uh, to actually yeah. drain the swamp than he originally thought, uh, just because it's so entrenched in both parties. It's just absolutely insane. No, I agree. I hear you. Very, very well said. Um, I dude, I dude, I want let, let's get you on here more often. You know, I, I like everything you're doing. I like everything you stand for. Uh, stay with us if you can. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find your podcast, where they can get get involved, all that good stuff. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So uh, if, if you want to keep up on everything we're doing with the American Conservative Movement, go to AmericanConservativeMovement.com. Uh, we're going to be doing our next uh, online conference, the Saving America Conference, I believe, on July 15th, off the top of my head. Also, we are actually launching our podcast network's um, uh, website here probably this week. It's going to be freedomfirstnetwork.com. Uh, again, we're going to have a bunch of awesome conservative uh, shows on there. Again, just trying to get the messaging out there and that sort of thing. My show's Freedom 101, or you can catch me every single day on Periscope um, with uh, Let's Talk Right Now. And I just, this is just a half-hour morning show, recap the news from a conservative perspective and that sort of thing. I love it. I love it, man. Well, we'll really – Jeff, thanks for being with us. Uh, stay with us if you can. We got a lot more, uh, a lot more, uh, you know, big stuff to get into in the show it, for the show tonight. So um, definitely, um, you know. But thank you, thank you so much. Of course, absolutely. Um, I do want to welcome right now. I believe he's with us. We have. I want to make sure. I want to make sure. Best-selling author and GOP chairman, um, Jonathan. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it right. Jack Jacobowski. Jacobowski. Right? 
Yeah, Jakubowski, you got it. There you go. Thank you. Perfect. How you doing, buddy? Welcome Nailed to the it. show. You, you've, I'm uh, doing great, you know, I read Roy. about you, man. You're all over the internet. You've been around for a while. You're doing a lot of, a lot of big stuff. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Northwest Ohio. Um, I grew up in Northwest Ohio and then ended up playing uh, college football at Bowling Green. Uh, ended up through a long sto- series of events at Georgetown and graduate school in the swamp in Washington, D.C., in 2008, and that was where, um, you know, as a, as a Christian growing up, I had a worldview and an apologetic defense to what, why I believed what I believed, but in 2008, where 99% of my colleagues were high on Obama and very far left of center, I found their arguments to be pretty persuasive and influential, so after I left graduate school, I, I kind of moved away from politics, period. I, I couldn't quite embrace uh, being a Democrat, and I didn't want to uh, be a Republican or a conservative. So I decided to step into five years of studying uh, the founding documents, studying the history of America. And uh, over that course of time, as my wife and I were then back in Northwest Ohio, where we were from and raising our family, that's when I decided that the best way to make an impact in the nation was to work within the party of Lincoln and to bring reform and to bring us back to principles that have uh, the longest lasting and, and I think greatest hope for our nation moving forward. So that's just a quick snippet of, uh, of my life. And now I'm involved locally in a, in a local party here in Wood County and just wrote a book that was released in May. Yeah. Yeah. T- t- tell us about that book. Cause I, I know it's getting a lot of uh, great attention. It's getting a lot of amazing feedback um, really puts a lot of uh, great things into perspective. Um, you know, t- you know, inform us, tell us. Because I, you know, I'm really sure. Curious. So, uh, Bellwether Blues uh, is the title of the book. The subtitle is A Conservative Awakening of the Millennial Soul. And, and the book has yeah. three parts. Uh, the reason I started writing the book is in 2018, I received a call from New York University where there was an individual who was studying swing counties. And he told me that yeah. of 3,142 counties in the nation, there are only 59 counties. They're designated as swing as having voted for Bush in 2000 and 2004, Obama in 2008 and 2012, and Trump in 2016. In my county, Wood County, uh, Wood County, Ohio, was one of those counties. So I saw that, heard that, and said, oh, there's, there's definitely a story there. And uh, that's why I got into an analysis of uh, what's happening in America, what, what led our nation to, to swing in swing counties to Trump in 2016. And what I saw was a movement of the left away from the, the principles of freedom, away from the ideals of, of classical liberalism. You know, the, the Democrats of the 1980s would have stood for the First Amendment. The Democrats of today have abandoned that concept entirely. And that movement away from those principles isolated and alienated a number of millennial voters in swing states throughout the country uh, who found themselves yeah. disillusioned, frustrated, skeptical, not trusting of political institutions. They couldn't quite stomach an embrace of uh, conservative principles because of everything that they had been taught, but they certainly did not want to embrace the Democrat party in the way that it was living out. And that's why they have, and this is the title of the book, the bellwether blues. Uh, They are disillusioned and frustrated. So I took that data, looked into my County, Wood County, and uh, through empirical analysis, you know, began to understand uh, to a deeper level, what, what was causing uh, the millennials that went from, uh, the left uh, to the middle, and then were there millennials that then went all the way to the right. And what I found in swing counties is they, there was, and in Wood County, there were. 
And uh, I went into part two of the book, Seven Stories of Millennials Who Went All the Way from Left to Right, Changed Their Voting Habits, Changed Their Voting Patterns, and Voted for Trump in 16, all with very different reasons, with very different backgrounds and very different stories. And then I synthesized that information, and part three is a critique of conservative methods of persuasion to help conservatives understand how they can be, how we can be more effective at persuading and awakening the millennial soul. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very well said. And, and you know, it, it's interesting. You know, po- politics is it's such a complicated subject. And, and, and I want to kind of take you back a little bit. You know, when, obviously you had a love for it. You had a, an, an admiration for it. You, you had a, a, you know, a, a desire to, to pursue a career in it. But disappearing from it, you know, after Obama got elected, it must have been weird for you. Obviously, we know how corrupt Obama is, perhaps the worst president. You know, when you love something and then you walk away, it, it um, tell us about that. How, what was that like? I mean, it had to have been yeah, it, a, weird, a weird feeling, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great point, Rory, and I, I think I can empathize a lot with millennials who feel um, isolated, disillusioned, unplugged. They've, kind of, they've stepped away from the political scene entirely because of their skepticism, and, and that's really how I felt. I, I felt like I, I couldn't align um, a worldview of truth with anything that I saw in the political realm, and because of that dissonance, I, I felt like um, if, I'm, if I can't stand for truth, then I can't function in this environment. So I'm going to unplug, I'm going to get into the private sector and, and do things that are meaningful and important. And uh, over the course of, of time, as I saw through you know, the, those five years of research and going back to the founding documents and understanding the first principles and looking at the heroes of our history like Abraham Lincoln, what I saw is they too expressed skepticism and they, they had concerns, valid concerns uh, about the way that uh, our institutions were working. And that's why they stepped in. They didn't step out, but they stepped in and they, said they stood for things that are lasting and enduring for the things that are the Declaration of Independence talks about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's why I also stepped back in. Yeah, very, very well said. And you brought up a great point earlier. And I talk about this on my show all the time. And I, I even talked about it in my opening uh, rant, my opening monologue. And I, you know, it, it's so true that there's no room left for a moderate Democrat in today's current uh party i mean Mm -hmm. they they, the democratic party is so far left they are so communist that even though the moderates may not agree with everything trump does it's a whole lot better for them than you know going into poverty and living uh, a third world ideology and and i say this all the time uh if jfk were alive today he would be a republican he would be a trump supporter in Mm -hmm. in a heart absolutely and, and, you know, Trump, obviously, he ran as a Republican, he, you, know, you know, but let's face the facts here. What I love about Trump is he's not a Republican and he's not a Democrat. He's pro-policy. He's pro-America. He'll go, he'll work with both sides if it makes sense. Too many past presidents have been so one-dimensional and so jaded and have been so stuck to party lines that, and they were so owned. I mean, we, we really are, are seeing something um, that's going to change culture forever for the better. I mean, uh, a guy went in there and shaked up the system and really opened our, opened our eyes to a whole nother environment that we never even knew existed. 
Well, I appreciate the way that you're, you're speaking to hope. And as I look at uh, what can we do to awaken the millennial soul, the, the subtitle again, it, is to really get into authentic conversations with individuals that have stepped away, especially in swing states throughout the country. I mean, millennials in swing county America are very different from millennials on the coast. Uh, very different right. backgrounds, very different narratives of life, very different stories. Many of them are now moving into fa- having families, having jobs, having kids. That's a big deal. There's a, there's a big shift there. But what they need is hope. And I think we have to become more effective as individuals within the conservative movement at communicating principles by simplifying them. Simplify principles, help them see that within those principles, there is hope. It's not about one politician. It's not about one candidate. It's not about uh, one necessary election. The election matters significantly because it's about fostering a movement that will allow future generations to have the same opportunities to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that I have had and that previous generations have had as well. Absolutely, 100%. And how, how do you define, you know, and, and how do you comprehend and fathom? Because it makes me sick, your nation stuff going on with colleges. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. sad. I mean, I, you see these kids that come up in great families with conservative values, then they go to college and they come out a radical liberal. I mean, how do we, how do we fix the situation? Because these professors are teaching toxic ideology. And, if, and I always say, if these professors really believe what they're spewing, why don't they work for free? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they probably should be, especially given their ideology. Um, it, there's no easy answer to that. And I, I have been on you know, different conversations with different authors who have looked back and said, you know, we made major mistakes by underestimating the power of these institutions and, and their shift to the left, whereas a Marxist, a flaming Marxist, would have been way outside of the norm 20 years ago today. They're in, in mainstream conversations. Um, so, so there definitely were a lot of misses along the way, and I, I think parents were, were largely disengaged uh, from, from conversations around you know, the two things you're not supposed to talk about or the two things you probably should be talking about most, and that's you know, faith and politics. Right? Those are the things that you can't discuss, right? Well, those are the things that we must discuss. Uh, we must discuss the, the things that matter most in life. And, and I personally don't believe that there is necessarily a political solution to what ails America. Um, I think that the, the answers are much higher. They're much further upstream. They're in the institutions of faith, of family, and of freedom. And we need a government that can be established that will defend us long enough to allow us to restore those institutions in places where they're broken down. I mean, you look at the fatherless rate in America today. I mean, that, that's where we got to go. That's the heart of the issue right there in inner cities. It's the heart of the issue across this nation. We got to go back to the hearts of fathers, and we got to help inspire this next generation to step into their children's lives and see why that investment matters. So that's the clarion call for me is simplifying the message and helping people understand that conservative principles and a conservative vision for government give everybody the best chance and the best opportunity at thriving in this nation. I I love it. I love it. Um, Jonathan, I want to get you on here more often, man. I love your insight. You bring great value. Uh, Excellent, excellent you just dialogue. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, how can people Thank connect you. with you? How can people get involved? How can people, you know, join the movement? Well, thank you. Yeah, so the, the book that I wrote is called Bellwether Blues. I, the first thing I learned, Rory, when I wrote it is how you spell bellwether. Uh, bellwether is actually the meaning of it is a, sh- a sheep that leads a domesticated flock with a bell around its neck. And wherever that lead sheep goes, that's where the rest of the flock goes. So that's bellwether. Ohio is a bellwether state. Uh, I think Arizona is as well. 
Um, so um, yeah. Bellwether Blues, and you can find the book on Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble. We also have a website where we have videos of the stories in the book that we highlight of millennials that made that, that shift, whose souls were awakened. And you can find that website at bellwetherbluesbook.com. Sounds good, my friend. Uh, a lot more to get into in the show. Stay with us if you can. Um, but I really loved having you, man. Let's get you on more often. Roy, thank you so much. I think I have to unplug right now, but I appreciate that very much. Look forward to connecting soon. Absolutely. God bless you, and uh, we will talk soon. God bless you, too. Thank you. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you, sir. Um, I do want to welcome to the show, uh, I believe he's with us right now. We have executive producer and uh, filmmaker Jordan Allo. Jordan, what's up, buddy? Hey, Rory. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Good. Oh, absolutely, man. First and foremost, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Your first time on the program. Excited to have you here. Uh, what, what's the uh, – obviously, it, it, it's quite the, quite the resume, though. You, you've done a lot in life. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm a documentary filmmaker. I live right outside Washington, D.C. in northern Virginia. And uh, my production company uh, in Alton Productions, I, I founded it about 15 years ago, focuses on uh, mainly on international human rights uh, issues, um, so religious freedom, democracy, development, things of that nature, but also um, some domestic uh, work as well. Uh, for a number of years, I focused um, quite a bit on, on Cuba working with uh, the, the political opposition there, human rights activists, uh, political prisoners, dissidents. Uh, and then uh, the work of, of the company kind of shifted to the Middle East um, and working with different communities, especially uh, ethnic and religious minorities who were you know, facing ISIS and other threats. Um, and, and the last film that, that, that we made called Christians in the Mirror focuses on different Christian communities in, in places like Syria, Iraq, Egypt, India, Sudan, and you know, what, what, what they face, um, the challenges that they face, uh, and you know, bringing that to an American audience. But some of the work also has, has focused on, on domestic, uh, domestic politics uh, as well. But really, it, it's all about helping to, to give a voice to people that usually don't have one, you know, giving a voice to the voiceless. And so that's sort of a, you know, a consistent theme throughout the work, whether it's, you know, a, a Christian in Aleppo, Syria, or it's somebody in, in rural America that, you know, the media doesn't often, uh, you know, give them the opportunity to, to uh, voice their opinion. Um, it's really been at the, the, you know, it's been a focus of, um, of my work over the last 15 years. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always found the industry of, uh, uh, especially documentaries fascinating, fascinating. I mean, it, it's such a realm that, you know, really goes to the next level. I mean, it, you know, you, you get so much information, you, you, you're really, um, you know, just, I mean, you learn, you learn, you learn, you learn, and, and, and the things you discover and the things that are revealed and the things that actually, you know, go unmarked until they're exposed on camera, it's crazy. I, I'm sure you have some of the most outrageous scenarios of, of things you've encountered over the years and, and things you've shined light on and things you've been appalled by. And, um, I mean, it, it, our culture, you know, in a lot of ways, it's wonderful, it's great. 
but there's a lot of sick puppies out there, I'll tell you, especially in D.C. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think like most people, I, you know, I love fiction narrative films, and, uh, you know, that's sort of what I wanted to do, but I also loved current events and politics and um, yeah. But once I kind of started to learn about the stories, especially internationally, that, um, you know, I was able to come across and, and highlight it, it, it just it was fantastic to be able to meet people and be inspired by them who faced, you know, the, these type of challenges, whether it's uh, Dr. Oscar Bissett, who was, um, you know, he actually won the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He was awarded that by George W. Bush, but he was sentenced to 25 years in prison for uh, in, in Cuba for, for his, his work on behalf of political prisoners and uh, on behalf of democracy. Um, you know, and, and you, these are stories you just can't make up and go there and, and sort of help, help them in, in a small way to give them a voice. Or, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people remember the 21 Coptic uh, Christians from Egypt who were beheaded by ISIS in Libya um, a few years ago. And, to be, you know, three years ago, I was able to go to Egypt and spend time in that community in a rural part of Egypt uh, with those family members and, and listen to their, their message about how important their faith was to them and um, standing up against all that, that, that hatred and violence, uh, you know, and, and having actors act that out is just not the same. And especially selfishly as a filmmaker to be able to go and, and spend time and be inspired by those people. And then also, you know, on film, on, on video, bring that back to people um, around the world is, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, and I bet you, you know, and, and just the way things, you know, um, how, how everything operates and how, and how you, you go about the entire process, I'm sure it's, um, you know, what, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen? I mean, being a filmmaker, you've probably seen it all, especially documentaries. I mean, you're, you're really out there, you know, on the front line. Yeah, I think I think um, I've been to, to Syria four times in the last five years. So just going to like Raqqa and Aleppo, and um, the first time I went there, we we snuck over the border from Turkey in, into Syria in 2014, yeah. um, and just you know meeting with you know the in that case it was the um, Assyrian Syriac Christians who who you know, live in that part of Northeast Syria and spending time with them and kind of expecting, Hey, you know, you guys want to leave, right? This is not a place you'd want to be. And, and instead them telling us, no, no, we, we want to stay and we'll, we'll die for, you know, for our faith. Um, you know, those type of experiences really, really stick, stick with you. And, uh, you know, in that case, actually, you know, a lot of them ended up creating a militia that was part of, um, uh, you know, it's called MFS, but later it evolved into um, uh, a number of militias came together to to fight off ISIS. And so, to watch that sort of unfold over the last few years has been has been um, has been really inspiring and a great opportunity. But yeah, there's there's so many stories, and it and it's we we kind of forget that that uh, there are so many heroes out there that are that are you know facing violence and threats, and we can we can be inspired by them if we kind of you know block out the noise that we sometimes are are obsessed with uh and you know for, for good reason here in the united states but um you know there are a lot of uh, you know very inspiring stories it's not all bad <laughs> it's uh and usually those inspiring stories come out of, of difficult tough situations 
Absolutely. And, and you know, there, there's so many stories that are, are needing and, and should be told. Uh, you know, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they, they're, it's, it, it goes, it, it just goes, you know, it's a long, it's a long list. I mean, I know so many heroes that should have movies and documentaries, um, you know, uh, about their lives. I mean, it, you know, these people, and what what you just what you discover and um it's just a, it's an it's very interesting stuff and and I want to say you know what what are some of what what's some of the latest stuff you have coming up what are you currently working on do you have anything in the works obviously it's election season so I'm sure you got your hands busy <laughs> well yeah i mean i um i was involved with a with a project actually with my brother who uh, my twin brother who he he's a writer with the hill um, formerly with the the uh, Washington Examiner, and um, I know your a previous guest had mentioned some of the flip counties, um, and we, you know that project it was called Into Trump's America, but was focused on nine different flip counties around around the U.S. And uh, the first year, 2017, we kind of it was more of a look back, obviously why, for example, in Howard County, Iowa, um, they had supported. Obama by 20 percentage points, um, and then they, they flipped to, to Trump by 20. So it's a 40-point swing. And, um, or Robinson County, North Carolina, um, is an interesting flip county because it's the most racially diverse rural county in the U.S., yeah. and it's about 60%, uh, 70% um, minority, and they, they had supported Obama, but then they flipped to Trump. And, um, you know, like going to... Uh, let's say Syria to talk to religious minorities. I feel like going to Robinson County is, is similar in that, you know, the mainstream media doesn't doesn't want to go and tell the American public um, why, you know, a majority minority community would vote for Trump. You know, why would? And we sat, you know, my brother and I would sit in the in, in the living room of a voter, very sort of educated on the issues. And literally, I remember Mark, his name was Mark Locklear, and he's Native American. Um, the uh, Lumbee tribe uh, is big in that district. And, you know, he, he had a bobblehead of Obama behind him, and he had a framed picture of the Obama family uh, behind him. And yet he voted for Trump, you know, and it's sort of right. like, well, you know, why is that? But there are a lot of those individuals out there, and it really yeah. comes down to the issues in their community that, you know, the media – and oftentimes politicians as well don't want to focus on. And, you know, for them, it had, he was former military, but so that was an issue sure. as well as, uh, you know, NAFTA really affected that rural community and a right. number of big businesses left. So of course, you know, unemployment goes up, crime goes up, drug use goes up and school systems are affected. Yeah. And, you know, the media doesn't, it's just not a, of, of interest yeah. to them. And so, You're right. um, you know, those stories yeah. need to get yeah. out more because it's a, it's a huge people, country, you know. It's a, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, people I have agree. different priorities. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, very well said. I want to get – let's get you on here more often, man. Um, uh, I want I want to keep up with you. Uh, let's talk also, um, maybe collab on some stuff. But tell everybody where they can get in contact with you, where they can get involved, all that good stuff. The website is Nalton Productions, so it's I N A L T U M, and then Productions.com, and they can find everything there. Excellent. 
Sounds good. Um, I really loved having you on. Stay with us if you can, um, and uh, we will have you back soon. Okay, great. Thanks, Rory. I do want to welcome actor from The Walking Dead, very popular TV show, as well as CEO of Edgar Watch Company, Ilhan, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it right. Ilhan, is it Screw, Screwlovis? Did I pronounce it right? <laughs> it's close enough. It's an I'm trying. I'm trying, buddy. It's all good. How do I pronounce it? Yeah. So how do I how do I pronounce it? How did how is it pronounced? Ilan Srilovich. Perfect. Got it. Easy to remember now. Buddy, welcome <laughs> to the show. I'm very happy to have you here. Your first time on. Obviously a lot to talk about. Um tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, well, like you said, I'm I'm an actor. I've been an actor for many years. Uh, luckily, it went well. I've been on a, a lot of different TV shows. I've had a, a pretty good career. About nine years ago, I started a watch company. So I figured it was always good to have a backup. I wanted to make something special for my dad. So I designed him a watch as a gift. It took me about a year. I had a background in design. And uh, it turned into uh, a successful business. I was lucky. And then, um, you know, just working hard, keeping both going. And... Uh, using the company as a platform at times to put out messages that I feel will challenge corporate America and what they want to put forward and the media and what they want to put forward as it has more value that some of these messages come from a company. Um, and so that's something I've done a couple of times now. I love it. And obviously you're a conservative guy living in Hollywood and you you know you know a lot of the secrets. You're behind the scenes. You know what's going on, and probably just nuts, right? I mean, I, you know, I I can't even believe some of the things that I see and read, and uh, some of the insiders I talk to that uh, tell me things. I mean, that are just mind blowing about about Hollywood and how they operate. Yeah. Uh, what it's just you know, gonna, we can talk about. So we can talk about so many different categories. What I mean, it, it gets graphic though. Yeah, it all stems, I think, from the same obsession with identity politics, which has kind of seeped its way into mainstream narrative anyway. I mean, it's not just in Hollywood anymore. People are just obsessed with identity politics. Hollywood is just a major player of that, uh, but it's no longer isolated to Hollywood. Things, you know, norm, things that were extreme just, you know, six months ago in the general population are now normalized. Things that were right. even extreme in Hollywood, which is crazy to say, have become normal. So, like, everything's gone up a notch. Everything's just become more extreme in terms of race obsession, identity politics. Uh, just all this stuff has gone full-blown crazy. It really has. I mean, it, it's really – it's gone to a whole nother level of, of, of extreme. I mean, you can't, you can't make this up. I mean, these people are – they're the definition of uh, of zombies. I mean, they're, they're sheep. I mean, they, these people, you know, they, they have they have no real basis on life. I mean, they're ignorant. They make they make all this stuff about race. They want to put themselves in boxes. This whole victim mentality, like you mentioned, identity politics. Just they want to vote for somebody just because they're gay. They want to vote for somebody just because they're black. They want to vote for somebody. I mean, give it a. I mean, give it a break already, guys. Seriously, I mean, when is enough enough? Go study the policies. Well, I think that there's an active movement to dehumanize each other. It's, it's intentional, and people are just susceptible to it. 
And they do it in a way that makes it appealing. In other words, they've infiltrated education, media, Hollywood. And so if you look, there's, yeah. this, there's this entire structure in place that if you want to fit in, you have to buy into these, these narratives. And it's very hard to actually exist as a human being nowadays and not be part of it. There's so much social pressure. They've done, uh, they've done an amazing job that I often hear people say, well, you know, like, well, legislation, legislation. I'm like, legislation doesn't have to pass for things to get bad. Things can happen through social means. In other words, the police could actually get defunded or not work anymore or be abolished by social pressure. In other words, they won't want to go do their job anymore because they're so hated. I mean, and it's happening. Police are stepping down. All these things, uh, you know, the amount of racism that is actually increasing because of, of this segregation that's now happening, uh, forced segregation. I, I mean, it's just, it, it's actual insanity. The, the problem is, again, it's orchestrated. People are susceptible to it. It's under the guise of empathy, which makes it even more dangerous. And it's under the guise of moral justice. And, and it makes it something very hard to argue against because, again, it's a game of semantics. Anything you argue with gets debated on the sense of you are a bad person because you don't agree. Let's say we're just talking about Black Lives Matter. You don't agree that Black Lives Matter. Well, I can agree that Black Lives Matter. I can full-heartedly I just agree. don't want to be behind I, the hateful but, movement. You know what I mean? I don't want it. Yeah, there's the, you know, the leader of the organization said they're a Marxist, so I can criticize that aspect. Of, I should be allowed to criticize anything. That's the truth in this country. And so if the name yeah, of something like, does like not reflect the ideal. Are these, people dumb? Like, are these people dumb? Of course black lives matter. Every life matters. And then when, when we say all lives matter, we're considered racist. It's so stupid. Well, again, it's a, it's a game of semantics, and I honestly don't get caught up in any of that stuff because in the end of the day, my, my intention is to, de- like you said, to debate with people about the reality-based applications of what's going on. And so if I can yeah. show somebody, hey, there's not a positive outcome here. The outcome here is more racial tension. The outcome here is segregation. The outcome here is, is more anarchy. And can you agree yeah. with me that those things are bad? I don't want to sit there and debate with someone over semantics of, of Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. Because, you know, fundamentally, right. if it's going to offend them that, I'm, I'm, that someone says all lives matter and they want the attention to be on that, then fine. But let's talk about solutions then. Let's stay on point right. because I feel like we spent right. time on the wrong subject. Um, yeah, and, and, and you, so, you, you, bring, you bring up a great point about solutions. I mean, all these people, especially these athletes, they want to bitch on social media about the president, but they're, you know, they could – they could, you know, solve way more problems and create solutions if they just went and talked to him because he, he can actually have a conversation and meet their needs, but they'd rather be divisive because that, they think that's a better message. It's the most backwards stuff I've ever seen. Well, yeah, they're not actually looking to, to find solutions, a lot of them. They're looking to virtue signal and they're looking to pander, and it makes them feel good. It's coming from a selfish place. It, it only happens when it's trendy. And, uh, you know, they get behind it. A lot of people in, in society like to say they care about things. But when push comes to shove, if you were to say, well, this will make you uncomfortable, this will make you a villain, but it'll save lives. They're not willing yeah. to do that. They're willing to do it when yeah. everyone's behind you. You hear in Hollywood all the time, these people go up on stage and they bash cops and everyone's like, they're so brave and clapping for them. That's not bravery. You're inside of like a self isolated bubble where ever everyone agrees with you there's like this air of elitism and, and they got their armed the main- guards and they got their armed guards and they're saying defund police well easy for them to say they don't know what the everyday american has to deal with 
Yeah, and they're and again they're being they're being rewarded for saying it. So again, it doesn't take courage to say something you're rewarded for saying. So I always say that if you want to see real courage, say what no one's willing to say. Say what makes people uncomfortable. And I mean the arts traditionally was used for that. So it's a real shame that now the arts are being used as an indoctrination tool for social engineering. I mean we and again, I really believe that it all stems from this fundamental kind of concept of toxic identity politics just taking over society. And, you know, it's justifying a lot of the behavior we're seeing nowadays where we dehumanize people. There's no individual thought. And but if there's no individual thought, then there's no true freedom of speech, because if an individual belongs to a group, then the group will speak for him. The individual has no right. voice. And that's what we. So if you're Candace Owens then you have a different view than your identity, then you are a betrayer to your race. You do not have a right to free speech. You should be shut down. And so we've done that on a mass scale, and we, we shut down freedom of speech. People don't realize how close we are, how much of a tipping point we're at. So losing fundamental values in this country that are foundational, that have been here and make this country great, and we're just being complacent. The complacency is what's yeah. going to be the death of us more than anything. It's, it's true. It's true. And, and I want to ask you about a few things. You know, being on, being on these Hollywood sets, I mean – have you noticed these people getting more and more political or, or is it just usually social media and, and their interviews or, or are you kind of experiencing uh, disturbing situations on, on some of these? I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't expect you to say everything. I don't want you to jeopardize your career or anything, you know, spill the entire beans, but is it, are the sets, I mean, is it, are they off? I mean, is there really the dynamic yeah, so- in terms of, so there's a comp- it depends on the set, but on many sets, yes, there's a competition to, to pander and virtue signal and, and talk about these right. issues. And I mean, it gets to a point yeah. where it's actually, I would argue that it all, almost reads as racist. I'm like, wow, this is, you're actually seeing people as, you're talking so down about like how pe- that you almost see people as incapable. That's kind of how it comes across, right? Like, right. if you're in this group, you are so incapable that I, the, you know, white elitist actor have to take care of you. And it's, it's discussed. Listen, my mother escaped Baghdad, Iraq. I don't come from a great history. My dad's family was killed off for his ethnic identity. And it's, and again, it doesn't define me. You know, I live in America. I'm, I'm a happy first generation American. I understand the values of this country. My identity, my, my wife's identity does not define where she's going to end up. And yet there's this message constantly imposed and Hollywood is just an extreme version of that. So yes, as, if you're a minority in Hollywood, you are, you are looked at as almost like we need to do this for you. And it, it doesn't give you any personal satisfaction. They're taking away your self-worth by doing that. They're devaluing you as a person. They're saying you're incapable. And that's how it reads a lot of the time anyway. This whole kind of movement when you see um, – I don't know. There's this video that came out that was very disturbing that Ben Shapiro put out, and it showed like – Hey, it's time for white people to buy black people lunch. And like this guy's like finding black people on the street. It's, it's very, it, it comes from a place that almost reads as you see them as you see people as less than you. And therefore you're trying to somehow yeah. make it seem like you're better and you're the savior and you're compensating for it. It's terrible. Hollywood is just an extreme version of that. The way that hiring is now going in Hollywood, I'm constantly asked, Hey, what, what uh, ethnicity are you? I never used to get asked. It's becoming very extreme. I'm just blatantly being asked now, which is technically you're not supposed to be asked this question. It's supposed to be protected. But they're, you know, they're trying to fit this whole kind of uh, quota of, of we have this, we have that. Instead of just casting who's right for the job, who's great for the job, 
and there's there's wonderful actors of all nationalities and races and religions and sexual orientations. Cast them. Cast the person who's wonderful for the job. Make a great film. Right. And if a director right. wants to cast, uh, make a film that's that's all black. Kudos to him. It's his film. We live in a free country. People. If someone wants to make a film that's all white, kudos to them. They live in a free country. They should be able to make that film. There should, in other words, we. I, so I agree. Mark, I agree. Hey. Hey, we we no, I agree. I agree. We need to have part two of this, of uh, this interview, because I I could interview you all night. I got I got my last guest to get to, but uh, I want to get you on sure. next week. I want to talk to you for a half an hour. So much stuff we need to cover on Hollywood. Let's also make you a regular. Uh, you are amazing, man. You bring so much to the table. Uh, we definitely need to collaborate too, because uh, I'm putting a whole network together. So let, let's Jeff get you on next week. We'll talk a lot more. Uh, tell everybody where they can get involved and find you. Well, I started a YouTube channel called Speak Truth USA, and I'm, I'm speaking there. And the watch company, we put out that Speak Truth video in support of police, which got a lot of attention. I put that through my company. That's Eggard, E-G-A-R-D, watches.com. But if you go to Speak Truth, just on YouTube, and you'll see it. The video will come up. It's a beautiful video for police. Uh, so Speak Truth USA on YouTube, you should be able to find. I've only put up a few videos, but there's interviews with police there. We're doing a lot more interviews with police, a lot more interviews with free speech advocates, and it's going to grow. And then the Eggard channel is eggardwatches.com, E-G-A-R-G. I love it. I love it. And people can find you on Twitter, Facebook. You're all over the place. Um, I, lo- if they go to- I love it, man. I love it, buddy. Stay, stay, stay with us. Um, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to get you right back next week. Uh, I want to go to uh, Sam Tully. Sam, I know you got a lot of thoughts, buddy. Go ahead. I want to give you uh, the last voice before we end the show. I, I'm sure you have uh, quite a bit on your mind. Well, you know, I, uh, I was wondering when you were talking about um, these people talking about disrupting Mount Rushmore, and I had heard recently where some people were stating that Antifa was going to go out there and try to mess with Sturgis. And, look, I my son went to the University of South Dakota. I've been to Mount Rushmore, and I've been there during Sturgis Week. I would pay good money to see Antifa go up against those folks on their bikes at Sturgis Week. I'd pay a whole yeah. lot of money for that because that would be hilarious. That would be right. Antifa be. BLM, or, or matter of fact, Antifa plus BLM going up against those bikers on Sturgis Week. That would be, the, I, I think we can clean up the deficit on a pay-per-view for that one. But it won't last <laughs> very long because those boys ain't going to play. <laughs> you know, so, so that, would, that, would, that, that, that would be great. Um, now, I don't, you know, full disclosure, I'm not a NASCAR guy. I had the foggiest idea who Bubba Wallace was. Uh, yeah, until I, yeah, until I saw the, the the news, and then I see this car running around saying "Black Lives Matter." And I said, "Well, you know, uh, just like you were stating earlier, there are some people that were trying to make a point with Black Lives Matters, but the, the whole thing is a George Soros conglomeration, I believe, at this point in time. And uh, if these folks really compare it." Uh, cared about black lives They can they can wonder about that Hundred or so folks that got shot up in Chicago This past weekend And the 14 that died You know I always say that you know Chicago uh, With the mass killings every week Is the same place That Obama, Jesse Jackson And 
uh, Farrakhan came from. So those folks obviously aren't doing anything about Chicago, and Black Lives Matter never has a word to say about black-on-black crime or babies being ripped out the womb um, at, a, at a constant basis, particularly black babies who make up something like 13% of the population being ripped out the womb by 35% of the abortion. So that's nonsense. And this, and I, and, and it was funny when I heard the day when you said that uh, even chess, the white piece moving first is, is, uh, is racist. Anybody that knows, about <laughs> knows that everybody, they know that you don't always start off with the white piece. Well, you start with the white piece, but the board switches as far as who's starting the game. I mean, this is silly stuff. Uh, you know, like I said, with the Uncle Ben's and the ancient Mimas and all this stuff, it, it brings me back to the statue thing. I've always been one to say do not tear down any statues, nothing. Because when I grew up, they had most black folks that I knew of a mindset that they believed that uh, Jim Crow, the KKK, slavery, and the whole nine yards was a product of the Republican Party. I mean, the media, the schools, nobody told us anything different. It took us to independently look and start researching to find out that this was all Democrats. Democrats ran the whole thing. And since we allowed the Democrats, yeah, and since we allowed Democrats to take over the educational system, and you can go back to John Dewey back in the 20s when they were looking at uh, 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 this mass takeover of education. Uh, we can't trust the school system, and and, and it's Democrats that that block poor people from getting vouchers to allow them to put their kids anywhere they would want to go. Where all these politicians oh, no, it's, in D.C. It's a corrupt system. It's a corrupt It's a corrupt system. I hate to cut this short. I got about a minute okay. left. Um, we're gonna get you. We're gonna get you back next week. Tell everybody where they can find you. I have about forty seconds. All right. Well, they can find me on YouTube and, and Facebook under my name, Samuel Tolley, T-O-L-L-E-Y, or you can go to my website at inhimfirst.com. Now that I'm settled pretty much in Arizona, I will be updating my website, and I'm constantly on Facebook and different platforms, and, uh, you know, they can hear a lot from me because I'm out there. I love I love it. And, and dude, let, let's try to hang out this weekend. You're down here. You finally moved here. Let's celebrate. I will be here, yeah, through the fourth at least before I go back out there and do some more stuff. But I'm going to be here for a minute. Good, buddy. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to text you. I'm going to call you. All right. All right. Um, every, everybody, good. everybody, it's been an amazing show tonight. I love all of you. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great rest of your night. Until next time, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.